Hi, and welcome to Allegedly Fabulous. My name is Kevin Loftus, and I am your host and producer. We talk all about pop culture, politics, true crime, personal stuff, and honestly, just whatever comes up. You know what I mean? But everything is alleged. Do not at me. So let's get into it. Thank you so much for listening. Let's chat. Love you. guys it's kevin loftus welcome back to allegedly fabulous hope you all had a lovely weekend it's saturday morning here i just had the loveliest friday evening in watching 2020 and just totally relaxing i meant to go and hang out with friends but i just couldn't take it on i actually felt a little bit sick and i knew that i would end up having a drink and i was like no i just want to have a lovely like recharge day um and then i'll go out tonight so slept like for so long and I'm going to go to the gym now and then get some coffee and go to Costco and then my neighbor is having like a little get together for like everyone in the neighborhood because one of our nice neighbors is moving to Chicago and then I'm probably going to meet Denny and the guys and go out and have fun. I've become obsessed with this one murder that I want to talk about and then I also think we're going to do a reading of some Am I the Assholes and some reactions from Reddit. Guys! A greeting card pack was sold yesterday after I had my meltdown on Instagram. One of my friends came through. Shout out to Stephanie, shout out to Leah, and like shared shared it in their groups and sent me like the screenshots, which I thought was really funny and I did appreciate. I was just like, yeah, just what's the harm in sharing it, right? Maybe someone will actually like them and want them just because they like the cards. That didn't happen. My friend Saoirse saw it. Um, she lives just up the road from me here and she's amazing and I adore her and she wanted them. She was like, yeah, these are my vibe and she just bought some. So it's kind of a weird thing because obviously most of you that are listening to this are my friends. I don't really want to f- be forcing or putting pressure on my friends to be buying fucking merch that I'm putting out. Uh, but at the same time, I still need to like promote it and talk about it, right? So, um, and I think she bought them because she wanted them, so... That's nice. Anyway, one pair sold. Honestly, fuck it. Like, whatever, I did it. Even if that's the only one that sold this year, like, literally, whatever. That's, like, I don't know. It's progress. I was asked, was I doing an MLM? And I'm not because I'm not skilled enough. But if I learn how to do that, yeah, I will do it. But my other update is on Ozempic and Ribelsis because I've kind of learned more about it all since you know i've been on it now for like two months uh, god knows i keep saying that and mixing up the time frame but i've been on it for a while i actually was thinking about taking a break and trying to see if i can manage myself at this weight although i would like to be smaller but it's hard to get past like your kind of natural weight isn't it your natural like set point weight anyway what i've kind of learned what i'm basically saying is like it's not actually the miracle drug that i hoped it kind of had been because i did see all these like celebrities and stuff have these massive and people just on TikTok having these really massive transformations. And mine, I guess, has been a bit slower. Well, I'm down like eight pounds. That's a lot. I think I might be up a pound this week or maybe maybe not even I'm up a pound. I might not be up anything, but I didn't work out at all because I really was working so much. I barely left the house. So I went back to the gym yesterday and I'm back in this weekend and stuff. But anyway... 
what I've kind of learned is like it's not a miracle drug which I guess anyone could have told me to begin with but like some things I've learned with it so there's these I've talked about this before but you're supposed to take it in a certain way so you're supposed to take it first thing in the morning on an empty stomach two ounces of water don't eat anything for half an hour so the two ounces of water thing and the don't eat anything for half an hour thing is really easy and that's always been fine for me but I've noticed that if I have something right before I go to bed or not even right before like within a few hours of going to bed the night before so I've still got a little bit of food in my stomach it's not as effective I just know it's not as effective because there have been days where I feel like oh like I can kind of just feel the effect I don't know how to describe it but I just feel the effect of it like I have very little desire for food blah 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 and like feel energetic and stuff and then there's other days where I'm just kind of like regularly hungry even though I've taken it so I've kind of made that connection that's just been my experience anyway so that's something that's good for me to know because I only have like what is it six weeks two months left of it so I kind of need to make the most of it before we move on I'm not really planning on getting going ahead and getting more I'm just planning on like staying staying at the weight whatever weight I end up on you know what I mean maintaining it and so that kind of brought me to my other thing because it's made me crave the weirdest things honestly the only thing I can compare it to is pregnancy obviously I haven't been pregnant I think I said this before but I can only compare it to that because it's made me not like certain things that I used to like and it's made me crave other things and it's kind of weird it's like eating chicken is like the last thing I want to eat which is kind of annoying because chicken is like chicken breast is like my best way of getting protein even having the usual coffee that I have in the morning I still like coffee but certain things I don't like like I used to like the sugar-free vanilla a pump of sugar-free vanilla syrup in my Starbucks coffee and I can't it's rotten to me now it's just rotten and I used to also get this cold brew from like Whole Foods this cologne cold brew and like have that at home and I don't like the taste of it anymore and I loved the taste of it so it's just like little things like that and I've been craving like way more not way more sweet things but like I would take a donut now or a plain bagel and I'll eat that over like three or four hours which is so fine and it like it's all been fine for losing weight but it's kind of like okay well what happens now when like my appetite comes back at the end because I'm you know more than I don't know if I'm halfway through the whole process or whatever so and basically I mean we all knew this I knew this it's just like kind of helpful to have it pointed out because let's say the week before last I had a really good week because I had a bit more I didn't even have that much more time but I was kind of prioritizing it over work and stuff so I made sure to go to the gym I was eating reasonable things I always do that it's because I was it's because I had Thanksgiving away and I wanted to feel like my best for Thanksgiving and then this week I don't really have anything going on and I had so much work and I barely left the house and I wasn't making the best choices I can't even tell you what I ate because I was like working so much that like I was sleeping at like I was sleeping for like two hours during the day and then like five hours at night because I like was just like going through stuff going through stuff going through stuff with work and uh, eating fine because like I said I won't it's like I, I don't overeat now because of Ozempic or Ribelsis but not eating like really great stuff like not eating a lot of like chicken breast stuff probably eating more I mean I was grabbing like salads and stuff so that was fine but like 
I can't even remember. I can't even tell you. I was eating like chicken tenders. I was like throwing chicken tenders into the air fryer. Like to me, they're not even that bad, but they probably are bad. But anyway, just like eating weird, not eating great, not working out. So like, I'm really going to need to get that in order. So anyway, that's part of the reason. Well, I'm going to Costco to get my mom these leggings that she wants for Christmas because she got them while she was here and she said they're the best leggings she's ever had and she wants another pair. Um, so I'm going to get that and a few other things, but I was looking up, like, I basically am like, I need to commit to meal prep. That's the only way that this is going to work. I need to get my life together, become an adult and do some fucking meal prep on a Sunday and stick to that as much as possible and just make it nice things that I enjoy eating that are grand, which is basically probably going to be like chicken curries and like stir fry shit. And I was kind of like looking at all these recipes and like anything got too complicated. I'm just not going to do it. But I basically just realized, like, I think I just need lots more spices and, like, healthy dressings so that I can make the chicken breast appealing. So that's kind of my plan. But, yeah, that's my little update on everything Rivelsus. So don't ask me how I even found out about this story. But this week I fell into a like a little bit of a rabbit hole about this murder in Florida of this guy named Dan Merkel. And I basically, while I was working, was just listening to podcasts. I found this one podcaster, Roberta Glass, true crime or true crime with Roberta Glass or something. Such a funny name. I'm like, is that a real name? And this other one, um, crime and coffee with, the crime and coffee couple or something like that and then i watched the 2020 episode of it last night which was great because got to see the people involved but anyway the podcast episodes were great because especially roberta glass i mean the other one was good too but roberta glass she literally plays all the fucking testimony like long form and pauses it and comments on it so it was kind of perfect like background for working obviously i had to stop at times when i really needed to focus but when i'm just tipping away with stuff it's really helpful for me to have something that like gives me a bit of life and a bit of interest Sorry to my employers. So I feel like I know a lot about this case now and I just found it a very gripping case. So I'm basically just going to share what I learned from those sources and from what's going on in the news. Because I think it's a good story. Um, and a terrible story, really. So basically, this guy, Dan Markell, um, grew up in Toronto, Canada to like a pretty conservative, nice Jewish family. And was very, became like very smart and driven in law he went to harvard he went to graduate school somewhere else and he studied for israel in israel for a year and he became a professor and he like was very like pretty much a bright mind by all accounts and kind of was a thought leader becoming a thought leader in his field and actually when you listen to like the brief clips of what he I didn't listen to all of it, so, like, don't hold me to this, but, like, he seemed to be very... It was, like, all about, like, human rights and stuff, that kind of law, so, like, he seems like a good guy, and by all accounts, was a good guy, a nice guy, and his faith was very important to him, and as he got older in particular, or, like, maybe after being in Israel or something, he became a little bit more devout in Jewish... in being Jewish, and started practicing kosher, like, being kosher or whatever, I actually just googled kosher because I always had like basically kosher my understanding of kosher is like it's a certain way of preparing food so that it complies with being Jewish but it's also I think the biggest thing is you don't eat bacon like that's kind of the most famous thing about being kosher 
I, I just Googled it and it was actually too complicated. It was like, if the animal has hooves, it's not kosher or it is kosher. I don't even remember. So I don't want to like butcher it right now. But basically, it's a special way of, it's a certain diet, like, because, and you want things to be kosher and then, then they're like good with your religion, essentially, right? So, so this is him. And then he's basically, I think he's, yeah, so he's like a junior professor somewhere in D.C. Meanwhile, he meets this um, young woman in D.C. on J-Date, which is a Jewish dating app, which I did join previously in New York. Jesus Christ, when I was on the fucking, like, real hunt. Anyway, that is just so crazy to even think about, but... I'm no longer on jaded because I'm literally Catholic and not Jewish, but I think I had willing to convert on the profile. Like you had to have an option up and I had that. Anyway, whatever. So he meets this guy, Wendy Adelson, Wendy with an I, don't get it twisted, Wendy Adelson, and she is doing an internship in DC. And she is similarly um, from a nice Jewish family from South Florida, Bra- Broward County. I don't know where that is. Near Miami, basically. And yeah, she's also from a Jewish family. They don't go as much into Dan Markel's family, but Wendy's family was like pretty well to do in the area. Like not like super high up socially, I would say, but like, you know, her dad owned a very large um, dental practice um, and her son or um, the first son, the first son became estranged because he fell in love with somebody outside of the religion and outside of the race um and the mom blames the religion aspect on it but i don't know because we find out she's not so religious it might have been a race thing or a social standing thing that leads to that first son becoming estranged so it's really just um the brother charlie and then the youngest girl wendy that are kind of close and they're very close to their parents but yeah so the dad owns a dental practice charlie the brother ends up becoming a dentist too or a dental surgeon or something and working in that practice and wendy goes into law and goes off to DC where she meets um, Dan Markel and they hit it off within a year they're engaged and they get married shortly after that in a place of worship what's it called again a synagogue I think in near Miami Um, and this is where the Jew this is kind of why I was making a big point about the kosher thing because they split the, the two families split the cost of the wedding and Wendy's family organizes the food and Dan was just like, please just make sure it's kosher, which like, obviously I think that would be pretty obvious that that's like, you know, you're marrying him. You, I think, you know, if you're dating someone and they're kosher and especially if you're going to get married to them. Anyway, he shows up on his wedding day and the food is not the food that Wendy and her mom and their whoever organized it on their side ordered is not kosher. And it's such a shock to Dan. He's like very upset. Um, and like, they don't really say how he behaved, just that he expressed, I, I doubt that he made a big scene. He just doesn't seem like that kind of guy, but who knows? But I mean, a lot of people knew about it, like in the close circle, at least knew that this was an issue. It's such an issue that the rabbis who, I guess, perform the ceremony can't even stay. If the food being prepared and brought in is not kosher, like the rabbis cannot even stay. But it's to me, it's just a crazy sign of 
um disrespect it's a big like fuck you um i just think that's incredible like i like you just respect somebody's wishes on their own wedding especially if it's a religious wish like that's kind of like obviously very important to them i think i would love to do like what Brittany did at one of her weddings and have mcdonald's catering i think that would be so fun so anyway that's kind of a sign of things to come but long story short, they um, he gets a job at Tallahassee, at Florida State University in Tallahassee. So the pair of them move there. They end up having two kids. But after a time, and he tries to get it, like she wants to go back down to South Florida. So he tries to get a job down there, but he like doesn't get accepted for that job or whatever. And at some point, like he goes, he's doing like all these conferences in New York and they have these two young kids he's by all accounts a loving dad oh and by the way wendy is very very pretty and dan's like dan's like nice looking but not like i guess she's she's prettier let's be honest so anyway so he's in new york at one point during a conference and he tells one of his friends like things aren't going really well with wendy and i like she seems very distant whatever but he doesn't think it's that like critical point but basically she calls him while she's there and he while he's there and he's she's like i'm not going to be here when you come back i'm moving out um and when he comes back he's she's left divorce papers on the bed and like taking the kids and she's taking literally half of everything down to like half of the dining room furniture like half of the dining chairs which is such a weird thing to do so pretty quickly the divorce gets kind of crazy and like they're accusing each other of hiding money from each other and assets wendy files a motion to move with the kids to miami and the motion is just like flatly declined and i mean i don't that just makes sense i don't think that you can i think it's just like tough luck unless you can prove that like the ex-husband shouldn't be seeing the kids or whatever they have joint custody so i don't think you could just move the kids because miami is a seven hour drive from tallahassee it's like very opposite ends of a longish state so that gets denied and dan finds out through the kids that one time when they're down with um their grandparents donna the grandmother says like dan is like a stupid guy and he took my sunshine away she says all this to the grandkids and then when the kids come back they're like granny said that you said that you're stupid or like shit like this so then he files a motion not to have her um not to allow her to have unsupervised visits with the kids the grandmother and it looks like that motion is going to get um, approved and then Dan Markell is shot in the head outside of his driveway and like a couple weeks after Wendy then moves down to the ki- to Miami with the kids allegedly Wendy is dating somebody else from the Florida State University um, Jeffrey Sakal or something like that who looks exactly like Dan Markell so anyway, that day that he gets shot, like he literally drives to drop off the kids at preschool. He goes to his gym to do a workout and then he's on the phone to somebody when he gets to his driveway and he's like, mm, this is something's wrong. There's somebody I don't recognize in my driveway. And then the phone call ends and he was just literally shot in the head. He was still alive for like a few hours um, and then he passed away, RIP. Wendy is taken to 
like they find Wendy. Wendy's at lunch with some friends and they take her in for questioning. And then this is just where things get like so weird. So she does, she does the worst like acting of being shocked and upset and in hysterics when the cop tells her why she's there. So she's in the interrogation room, but it's an interview, not an interrogation. And she's not read her Miranda rights or anything. And when they say, like, your ex-husband, Dan Markell, has been shot and he's not going to survive. She's like, what? What? How could this happen? Who would do this? Oh, my God. Like, it's it's like, babe, shut up. And she's, like, kind of sobbing. But, like, you can see that there no tears are incoming. Allegedly. And during the interview, she basically says... Like, she just says all sorts of weird things. But she basically gives them a bunch of suspects. And it seems like she's just trying to get, like, the heat off of her. She keeps saying, like, oh, well, like, my boyfriend hated him. But I don't think he would ever do it. I mean, he did say he was going to beat him up a few times. But I don't think he would ever do it. Um, Because he knew how badly he treated me during the divorce. And my parents hated him. But I don't think that they're capable of something like this. Let's call them. Then she calls her mom tells her and then the mom's like oh god what and then she's like yeah i'll call you back and then when they hang up wendy says to the interrogator yeah i mean she seems she sounded surprised so i guess that's good like what and she says her brother bought her her brother kept making this joke to her she said i looked i looked into buying a i looked into getting a hitman for dan because of all the divorce drama, but it was cheaper to get you to the, this TV. So he got her a TV for a divorce present. So she says this to the cops. I'm like, why do you keep saying, why do you, why are you saying all this weird shit to the cops? It looks like, it looks like allegedly, reportedly, rumoredly, Wendy was probably trying to set up Jeffrey, the new boyfriend, as the fall guy for the death of the former boyfriend. Because a hit was scheduled for like June. And it had to be cancelled because, like, Dan ended up going on a trip or or maybe Jeffrey, the new boyfriend, ended up going on a trip or something. So then they broke up in June, right? She breaks up with a boyfriend in June and the hit has to get rescheduled to, like, August. And they meet up in, like, around that time to have a chat. And Wendy, at the end of the meetup, they, like, go to a yoga class and get coffee or something. And at the end of the meetup, Wendy is, like very interested to know his schedule and like when he's leaving and even asking him in the parking lot because he's going out of town for something he's driving out of town for something she's like and if you weren't to go like what reason would stop you from going and he just gets a weird feeling the ex-boyfriend and because of that he leaves like a day early for his trip and she doesn't know this so that gives him an alibi because the hit is scheduled for when he's supposed to have been she was they were trying to time the hit allegedly to when the ex-boyfriend would have been driving out of town which could have because it would have brought him really close to the ex-husband's house at the time of the hit wendy also admits in her interview that she drove really close to the crime scene right after the hit happened even though she had no business being there because they lived in different parts of town at this point and she said that she Spent the morning with the TV repair guy, lol. Then she did a little bit of work at home, called a couple people. Then she went to go get liquor around 12 p.m. for a party that night. 
and she knows a liquor store close to her old house so she drove all the way close to her old house to the liquor store she saw that there was like police lines and stuff outside the old house and she just assumed like a tree had fallen even though she saw the officer there and she kept going and went to the liquor store and then she went to lunch with her friends where the police ended up finding her and bringing her bringing her in for questioning so it's all just like babe this just is not adding up Guys, I'm really terrible at telling the story in like as good of a way as it has been told. So I'm just going to skip to like the juiciest parts now that I'm like shocked by. So turns out that the brother for the brother, Charlie, arranged for a hitman through like his girlfriend because his girlfriend was involved with these uh, the Latin King gang or whatever. So they arranged for the hit. Um the mother was 100% involved in it. There's like wiretapping. Allegedly, she was 100% involved. There's wiretapping involved. Um, and you can hear her talking to him saying like, you know, we're in trouble or I think you know what I'm talking about. Like just weird shady shit like that. The police in fairness to them like really kept on it for years, kept following it. Like they first got the hit people, got them convicted. Then they were able to get Charlie, the brother, who paid for the hit and then they were able to get Donna especially because after Donna the mom because after um Charlie got convicted which was only in like October after 10 years after he got convicted and went to jail she they she had 35 hours worth of phone calls with him um that week that first week of his in jail or after the conviction I guess he was already in jail waiting for the sentencing and she told him that she was considering suicide and she was considering flying to another country that doesn't have an extradition treaty with the u.s meaning the u.s can't be like hey your uh, donna's there can you get her like they won't do it which he had already said they had already recorded um charlie talking to one of the hit people um at a restaurant years prior and he said if they had anything on me i'd already be at the airport so then like at the end of that week or like two weeks later so like early november literally donna goes donna and her husband go to miami airport to fly to vietnam (laughs) and they're arrested at the airport and now she's in prison awaiting sentencing bye girl and wendy's been on the stand a few times um and she just says i don't recall i don't remember most of the time and just plays dom and it's really frustrating she's just a weirdo but just an awful thing to you. I'm like, guys, it's just a custody issue. Like, get over it. Really? You're going to kill someone over this? Just what else would they, what else have they done in their lives if this is happening? You know? Oh, yeah. Allegedly, Charlie never even got his dentistry degree. He just threatened. He threatened a senior professor that he would accuse him of sexual assault if he didn't, like, give him the degree. Allegedly. So, yeah, very juicy I feel like I didn't do a great job telling the story, but anyway, go read up on it if you are interested. I think what I should do is give it to you. And when you are in a better place, maybe you can give it back to me because right now I don't feel it was given to me with the right energy. So I love these... Am I the asshole Reddit 
weird stories um stephanie and i read a couple earlier in the year and it was so good i don't think i ever even post that episode because i was struggling with editing at the time but here i am now in anticipation of the seven weddings that i have next year i thought we would do a few wedding am i the assholes and let's just see what we think so here goes am i the asshole for getting engaged the day after my sister me, female 31, and my sister, A, I guess that she's just calling her A for this, female 29, aren't close, but I have been trying to reach out to her more often, even though she lives in another state. She and her boyfriend have been together for four years and have been waiting to get engaged due to finances. My boyfriend of six months is wealthy, and me and my children moved in with him two months into the relationship. He is also the owner of the company I've worked at for over a year. On New Year's Eve, her best, her boyfriend of four years proposed. She texted her mom, letting her know, and mom told me. I texted A, asking for the story and a picture of the ring. She replied with everything I requested, and I told her I was happy for her. She was pretty excited. The afternoon of New Year's Day, my boyfriend of six months proposed. I just finalized my divorce, and I knew he had the ring, so I was semi-expecting it. Before anyone asks, yes, there was some overlap in the relationships, but that isn't the point here. Oh my god. Turns out he intended to propose in the spring, but after seeing my sister engaged, she decided to move the date up so I wouldn't have to wait for my own proposal. He was planning on doing it regardless. I texted A with the announcement, excitedly telling her we are both engaged now, but apparently my mom had already told her. She didn't text me first with a congratulations, which I was surprised at, she did respond to my announcement with a simple congratulations. I guess she texted her mom after telling her not to tell anyone she is engaged now because I obviously need the spotlight on me, which is not true. She also mentioned to another relative that she wouldn't have minded if it were a week after her engagement, but since my fiancé proposed the day after, we stole the thunder she and her fiancé had been waiting years for. I feel like the day doesn't matter. I feel like she's being selfish, to be honest. I think she's jealous my boyfriend was more financially capable of buying a ring and proposing sooner. She has escalated into telling our mom that she will not be attending my wedding and insulting me by saying she may possibly she may possibly attend my third. She has also stated I will not be invited to hers. Am I the asshole for getting engaged the day after my sister? I'm going to say yes, you are. It's not even the engagement. It's just like the nastiness that's coming across in this note. Like clearly you, you're you like comparing yourself to her and like kind of like you don't give a shit about her. This, this person writing sounds like a very selfish person and like three marriages is pretty much a burn and like the like all the like little bits of drama in here like that this guy is her boss and that she was with her last husband while they got together like you're a mess babe so she edited to update <laughs> i guess a bunch of people commented and then sometimes people edit their posts to add a few more con bits of context so here's what she added number one my affairs have nothing to do with this lol number two my children are safe and happy lol yeah so obviously people were saying that's a bit weird, babe. Why are your children in there after two months? That actually, why didn't I think about that? Your children in there after two months? I would never do something like that. I would barely bring a dog into a new person after two months. 
that's that's off that's awful number three for those asking what my sister and her fiance do that i am so sure she is jealous of money she's in school and i don't know what her fiance does I know she was an HR rep before going back to school, but I don't know what she does now for work. I know she had to borrow money from her mom to pay her property taxes last year, though. I also know through our relatives that she published a couple books this year. Now that I think of it, she may hate me for the way I acted about that. I guess I just assumed she was jealous because she lives a much more toned down life. I just assumed it wasn't by choice, but maybe it is. Typing this out, I sort of realized that I don't know her at all anymore. Four, I get it. Everyone thinks I am a gold digger. That's not true. I love my fiance. She just doesn't sound like a nice person. And yeah, you don't know your sister anymore and you don't care about her and you are an asshole. That's that's my quick take. Yeah, the top commenter is basically like nobody owns a day, month, season, or year, but what the fuck are you doing to your children? This drama with the recent divorce and moving them in is what makes you an asshole. And the second one is you're the asshole or else your fiance is. I mean, why did he feel the need to do that? Like what's going on with him? Or what was her reaction after she got engaged on New Year's Eve? Was she like, oh, I wish I was engaged. And he was like, yeah, babe, I'll get you engaged. Like, wait till the spring, bitch. Like, yeah, he admits that it's about he when he realized the sister got engaged, that caused him to move it up. So that is super weird. Okay, this is so juicy because the sister found out about it and she posted her own post. So here goes. Hi everyone, my sister posted a thread on here called Am I the Asshole for Getting Engaged the Day After My Sister? And someone messaged me suggesting I make this post. My sister will call her Dora, 31F, and her boyfriend will call him Vinny, 40 male, got engaged the day after my boyfriend proposed to me. They have been together for six months and my boyfriend and I have been together for four years. My sister and I are, at best, estranged. I only texted my mom about my engagement because it happened later in the evening and I wanted to wait until morning to bother anyone else. I guess our mom told my sister because she texted me asking if I would send her a photo of the ring and tell me how he did it. I showed her the ring and told her the story. 12 hours later, our mom sends me a video of my sister getting engaged. I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little shocked, but I figured it was fine because I knew her fella was going to be proposing soon. I just figured he didn't want to wait any longer. No big deal. This all changed when a mutual friend texted me to congratulate me on getting engaged. I asked if my mom told her and she said no. Dora posted a big announcement on Facebook. My friend sent me a screenshot of the post since I don't have Facebook and sure enough, Dora used the, the photo I sent her of my ring to publicly announce not only her engagement, but mine as well. I will admit that I was hotter than a biscuit when I saw it, and I told her I wasn't happy. She decided to once again announce my news since she re revealed one of my pregnancies and did her own gender reveal online for my second child. <laughs> I asked her to remove it, and she said I was ruining her engagement. That's when I decided to cut contact with her. I don't want to interfere with her special moment, which is what I told our mom. Unfortunately, mom is a major catalyst and basically told me to get over it because she is my sister. I don't see family that way, but a large portion of my extended family does, so I have been getting hate texts for not letting Dora keep her post up, even though it is known that I don't use social media because I had a stalker several years ago. And now there is a Reddit post claiming I am mad about the day and jealous of her boyfriend's money. 
That being said, I am starting to feel like I am in the wrong for making her take down the post, especially considering how awful she's making my life. Am I the asshole that I am upset about my sister posting my engagement online? No, honey, you are not the asshole. This family is awful. Go with your husband, go with your new husband and your kids and build a new life for yourself. And if and if they behave themselves, they can they can get to be in your life. And if not, if they keep going like this, it's truly not worth your while. They all sound extremely abusive and fucking weird. Okay, guys, there's some more Am I the Assholes that I saved, if you liked it, but we're already at like 40 minutes, so I'm going to end this here. Hope you have a great week, and I will see and talk to many of you soon. Thank you so much. Love you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. I really appreciate you. You can find us at Allegedly Fabulous everywhere on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Definitely please go ahead and give us a five-star rating if you liked it and a review. Share it with a friend you think will be interested. And we're on social media as well, pretty much everywhere. So Instagram at Allegedly Fabulous, threads at Allegedly Fabulous, Twitter at Allegedly Fab, I think, and TikTok also at Allegedly Fabulous. And you can also get me on Instagram at Kevin T. Loftus. Thank you so much again for listening. Until next time, love you, bye. Allegedly. <laughs>